Hello there, welcome to the True Talk with Tina podcast. This is the podcast for young people who love to have engaging conversations about real life issues. On each episode, I drop a hardest truth about issues that affect you and how you can make lemonade out of lemons. Yeah. Hi guys, it's great to have all of you listening to me today. Um, So we started a series on leadership and in the first part of the series I talked about self-leadership and I promised you guys that we would have a guest in the next part. Uh, Okay, no worries, I kept to my promise. We have a guest in the building who's as excited as I am. Hello, Mr. Jare. Welcome to True Talk with Tina. Hi, it's, it's, a, it's a pleasure being here. I'm very glad that I'm here. All right, we're very glad to have you here too. Okay, Mr. Jare, so um, today we're talking about firstborn and leadership so i promised us about three parts in the leadership series and for this second part i actually felt that we should maybe divert a little and just focus on a particular type of leadership and from my experience with people i know that firstborns as i said they are born leaders (laughs) like they don't even get to choose they are just born into it especially when they have siblings and so the guest we have in the building today is a firstborn and we are so delighted to have him in the building with us so mr Dari, can you do a short introduction of yourself um okay uh, my name is Dari Dike. Um, i'm from a family of four children uh, i am a brand identity designer by profession i work in the advertising and marketing space I, I grew up in a family of a father being a journalist and mother being a banker. Uh, currently, they run a, they run schools together. So um, that's it. Right. Oh, thank you so much, Mr. Dari. By the way, Mr. Dari is joining us over a call. He's not really, really, really in the building, and we really appreciate your efforts because he's actually supposed to be having his birthday sleep. Like his <laughs> birthday, few minutes. He's supposed to be having his birthday sleep, and he chose to stay up to join us on this call. So thank you so much, Mr. Dare. On behalf of the TTT community, we are really, really grateful. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. All right, let's keep. So the very first question we have for you here, Mr. Diary, is in four words, tell us how you feel as a firstborn. Okay, um, four words. So first, um, first word I would say would be pressure. So usually pressure to take off responsibilities to do a whole lot of things. Um, okay. Another one of I say is I'm usually assertive about a whole okay. lot of things. Try a lot of things I want to do. Um, okay. Another word that I would say would be 
how, on how I feel. I, I have, I tend to have this kind of caring attitude. This kind of caring, um, which I know is a function of yeah. being a person actually. Um, caring. Okay. Yeah, it could, it could be it could be too much. I, I care too much about some stuff or some people. Um, I also have this independent attitude, so I could be really independent. So uh, okay, so the four words I'm getting are pressurized, assertive, caring, and independent. Well, that's yeah. amazing. Okay, yeah. on to the next question how do you cope with managing yourself and your siblings as the firstborn so as the firstborn how do you cope with managing yourself and your siblings you know you have your personal life you have your personal things to do you mentioned working in an agency so um you have your personal things to do and then you have your duties as the firstborn and if I'm not mistaken, you have um, other people after you. You're not just the first and only child. You actually have, I think you mentioned you have three siblings. So how do you cope with managing all that about you? And how how can you say your um, coping ability, I don't know what term to use. How can you say it relates to the ability a leader should have or a leader has? Um, okay, so uh, well, that's that's like a whole lot. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, usually you tend to have like lots of responsibilities from home, lots of things that people are looking up to you for and everything. And honestly, coping is not easy. I won't say it has been easy for me. So mm. just. Just getting out of school, you tend to be like this um, foreigner that tends to test mm-hmm. everything before every other person. So there's this like standard mm-hmm. and everything. So most yeah. probably in, in, in an African setting. So you are you work now. You've been through the university and everything. You have parents mm-hmm. that. Are expecting a whole lot from you. They're expecting a whole lot from you in terms of your contribution to the family, your contribution in terms of financial, in terms of uh, uh, support and everything and things going on. But I currently yeah. I have parents that are expecting to call every single day to know how they are doing, mm. or to know how the family business is going. And, and honestly it's not so much of an easy thing to do also going by the fact that apart from me being um apart from me being a firstborn son i am also i also have my temperaments that tend to play a lot in how i see life and how i behave so um i'm a sanguine and i can also be melancholic and that's like very crazy like too extreme sometimes you could simply bipolar so i can mm. be i can be really hyperactive sanguineish and everything and mm. i can be melancholic now when you know those two different temperaments you know that mm. sanguines usually um they are they are like the spur of the moment so we are more into every moment that we are in and and mm. so Typically, sanguine will always look like out of sight, it's out of mind or something. And sometimes when people 
family get yeah. to feel that way. And on the melancholic side is there are some times that I, I know I just want to be alone. I do not want some disturbances. I don't want some interferences. And um, sometimes they do not get to understand that that is just what it is. So um, it's, it's not been easy to cope. You never can tell what will be demanded of you at every point in time. And it, there are many times where I just wake up in the morning and my, I don't stay with my parents. And yet, my mom will call me and okay. she has told me where and where I'm supposed to go for that day for her. Uh, and I'm mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like say, Mom, I work. I have a, I have a full-time job. I have like a full-time life. Like, you can't just call me the money and tell, begin to tell me where and where I'm supposed to go for you. And everyone's I'm supposed to run for you. But that's just what happens when you get to be in the kind of position I am in and everything. Okay, okay. Wow, wow. I don't envy you at all. No, trust me, yes. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah, of course, of course. You share that with us. So, um, you've mentioned how how um, challenging it is, I wouldn't say difficult, I wouldn't say sad, how challenging it is to actually be able to handle your personal stuff, handle your responsibilities, and these are not things that you can just drop aside and be like, okay, now I'm a big boy, I'm living my life, I'm moving on, I don't care. You actually have to do because you owe it to these people. So, um, this kind of reminds me of leadership where you have your personal life and then you have other people to carry along and you have so much expectations on you because you're called to service. So how can you like, in few minutes, just tell us how you, what you have learned as a first child, what you have learned that relates to leadership. Okay, so I have learned a couple of things. Uh, okay. I have learned to be able to separate my emotions from reality. Uh, you can call it emotional okay. intelligence. So I try not driven. Mm. I try not to be driven by my emotions, by the spur of the moment and everything. Because if you get driven by your emotions, you almost a lot of things you will get wrong. There are a lot of things that will get wrong with you in the moment. I've also tried to be very um, logical and critical in my thinking so um, usually there is the whole idea of how life can really be for a firstborn child but I think it's even I, mm. I think it's even more um, complicated when you are a firstborn child in an African home so in an African <laughs> like, okay like a whole different level. It's like a level that is not unlocked any other place <laughs> in the world. So, but, <laughs> but I, 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 I try to make sure I'm very logical and very critical in my thinking. So I, I've also tried mm. to learn a few things. I've, I've also tried to learn communication. I've also tried, which communication is a very big thing for me. Why? Because naturally, I can self-isolate. I, I really can self-isolate. I, I, I do not have a problem with anybody. Okay. So, so, so isolating during COVID was not a problem <laughs> for you then? Because <laughs> I don't think it was a problem. 
so so i i can actually i can actually like stay away you might not see me or not catch me or stuff like that but i i have mm. learned that i should try to communicate better i should try to keep people in the loop and keep people back and be in touch um one other big thing for me as a first one so that i have learned to actually dedicate there is a huge tendency for me to want to do stuff myself want to do stuff when i okay so Talking mm. now when I'm in my family, when I'm in my younger ones, my siblings and everything. Yes, yes, mm. I am I can be I can be very critical and I can be a perfectionist at times. And I, I like some things to go like in a very certain way and to go. But I have also learned that dude mm. pull off step back. Not only you can do this thing, that people can do it. Delegates um, take out time to do some other things, plan your time very well, do not spend time in all, all these things. And so so I think being a first one has actually like impacted a whole lot of my leadership skills, I would say. Um, it has taught me quite a whole lot. Um, I think I've mentioned a few. Okay, so what I'm getting is that um, the leadership experiences or the things about being a firstborn that you've learned that relates to leadership um, revolve around being able to manage your emotions, being logical, um, learning the skill of effective communication and most importantly delegating duties. So as a leader you do not have to do everything. You can actually delegate, not you can, you should actually delegate duties. We know there's always that this for, oh, this is how I want to do it and this is the only way I feel I should be. But um, it's good to actually duplicate yourself in people so you delegate duties and allow people learn while they do those things. All right. Thank you so, so uh, much for that. Uh, so, um, yeah. 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 So, um, you said something to duplicate yourself in people. Um, I actually feel that yeah. That is not what a leader should be. So you don't get okay. don't get to duplicate yourself in people. And you get to understand that people are people. People are their, themselves. They have their own take on them. Okay. They have their own views. They have their how they see stuff. So when you are leading, okay. when you have such people, for instance, in my family, first-born light and everything, I have come to understand how my father thinks. I've come to understand how my mother thinks. I've come to understand how my younger ones think and how they behave, how as mm. and I I do not I have come to that point where I do not expect them to think the way they think. Rather I try to make sure mm. I I I relate with them around their school of thoughts. How they are, how they think so you are more tolerant tolerant of okay? Exactly. So so I, I I do not try to give them the standard of of self. Mm. Okay. So what I'm getting for the, from that is when you are delegating, you're not necessarily delegating so that they will do things the way you want the way you would do it. They are delegating so that they have a room to express themselves and do it the way they can do it. Yeah. Right? Yes. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for that. So um you mentioned earlier you mentioned um being being a first child generally is quite different from being 
a first child in an African home. So can you like shed more light on what you think um what you think about the whole expectations on first child, especially in an African home? What do you think are the pros? What before what do you think are the expectations and then what do you think are the pros and cons of these expectations? Uh, <laughs> okay, so first of all we can't we can't really begin to measure pros and cons of the expectations. Um, the truth of the matter. Okay. While while the expectations may. Um, can I cut you short? Sorry, can I cut you short for like a minute? Okay. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay. Happy birthday. Yeah, you can go on. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, so why we are not able to measure the pros and cons exactly is because um, life would always make demands of you. People in the world may always make demands mm. of you. Um, it's just, okay. just your response to those demands that matter more than even the demands themselves. So, I, okay. I don't think. So I have I have tried to study the idea behind firstborn children and how they are raised, and mm. it's almost going to be the same way. It's it's going to yes, there are ways where parents can actually deliberately change the way they parent them, parent their children, their their studies, there are lots of advices and lots of things. But if we begin to focus. If you mm. begin to focus on how I should have been taught, or how my parents should have parented me, or how they should have raised me, um, you almost don't mm. make any headway. So why there, why there is the how they should have, we should also think of how you can respond to it. Mm. You understand? So um, why first, why yeah. first bones have? They are seemingly, I don't know why, it looks like the disadvantages are more than the advantages. Trust me, other bones, <laughs> other bones in the family, let me say that the middle bone, the last bone, also do have their advantages and their disadvantages. So it, it just mm. just goes like that. So you tend to, the, the major thing is you have to just try to understand yourself. Understand that this is how you embrace and then understand that you cannot, it, it should never be an excuse for how you live your life. So while this is how you live everything, it should, it should never be an excuse. You should make sure that you are able to beat whatever it thing, uh, wherever it is that you come from. So, uh, okay. Um, but, but then, but then uh, talking about general perception and expectations on Facebook, um, it can it can really be overwhelming. So usually you tend to be like the yardstick for measurement in the family. Tends to be the yardstick for measurement in every home and everything. So, for instance, you have two girls in a family, and there's a first-born daughter, there's a second-born daughter, and the second-born daughter in an African in an African mm. setting gets married before the first-born. You can imagine how it. It just mm. looks like oh you never marry. Pardon my anger, my people. Yeah. You 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 never marry. Uh, why you never marry? Why your younger sister go first? You marry. That's the kind of I, I actually yeah. had a life conversation like that. 
I have I had a friend that was getting married. Her elder sister was actually like her events planner in the wedding, and an aunt just came from nowhere. I don't know where the woman came from. You you know one of all these African aunt. <laughs> They are always there. Came into where this lady was having her makeup, and her other sister was helping out in getting her makeup done. I was like, ah, now you de marry. I think now your now your other sister de marry you. Ah, do well. You'd say try marry you. See your younger sister don't marry just just now. Momo don't marry. Just kind of conversation, just kind of thing. So I, at that moment, I felt strong. I could feel, even though the lady could, could never have shown it, or she might not show it at that moment, I know that she must have been caught one way or the other. So the certain expectation, the expectation yeah. that we, we that has been raised upon us in African mental homes is just it can be overwhelming. So in an African home, the first one is expected to like have more money than the other siblings, and then the siblings are always going to be mm. calling, hey, I need money, I need this, I need that. And everything, and the parents also think that I, ah, yeah, the first one, so you should take care of us. You should be sending food stuff. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. You should be calling. Yeah. And all those plenty expectations, and nobody, almost nobody's, nobody's almost not asking um, about the first one or really how you. Yeah. How are you doing? How are you? So, so, yeah. so going by that, I, I think, I think our parenting in Nigeria, in the African household, and in the world generally, actually, has to be more intentional. Especially to make sure, make sure you okay. not make these people become deputy parents. So that, that that's one major yeah. thing you find out. So many of the first ones became deputy parents. They had to start taking care of their younger ones while their parents went out to work. They had to be the more responsible responsible for many things. So your younger ones could break the glasses, could spoil things in the house, and then you are held responsible for it and many other things. And mm. and whereas when you were that age and you also broke your own stuff, nobody held you also <laughs> yeah. responsible for it and stuff like that. So that's just an idea of what the the the, the, the expectations on firstborns are hmm. that was that was quite overwhelming all right thank you so much so you've been really pushing and pushing for firstborns and how or being a firstborn is not a death sentence so you guys should stop making it look like it's all bad and all bad so just tell us what are you most grateful about as a first child Okay, so um, I think being a first child actually helped me. It gave me most of my leadership skills. So I, I have learned leadership over the years. It has helped me in my line of work. It has helped me in many places across in church, in uh, amongst my friends, and many things. Um, mm. One thing that has made me do has been to become more assertive in life has made me to learn how to do things I'm supposed to do so I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to get words to describe the whole thing exactly I'm actually very grateful for the opportunity to actually lead lead in my family lead across many different spheres of let me clap for you uh, 
Alright, so it's grateful for being a first child. Okay, I am not a first child, so I'm hoping my first child will be grateful for being a first child. <laughs> so I, I would like to explain something about first born children. So, um, if you read about the idea of first born, it's not necessarily a first child. So, usually mm. a child that leads a pack or something. So, like a What's the word? Um, okay, the word skips my mind, but let me let me try to explain it better. So, in my family, for instance, there are four children. I and my immediate younger mm. brother have a very huge gap with my two siblings. Mm. So, my younger sister and another mm. boy and another brother. Now, in my family, I and my younger sister are firstborns. Now, my sister is first born mm. on two different fronts. Number one, she's the first girl and the only girl. So she's first mm. born in that light, in the sense that she's basically like has this whole, you're the first girl kind of feeling to the whole thing. Yeah. About her. Secondly, she's like the first born in her generation with my younger brother. So because they were probably mm. we're all True. grown up, by the time they came to yeah. so they she now became like the first born in relation to my younger brother, the, the yardstick, the, the mm. primary caregiver and all those kind of things in this generation. So I and my younger brother now are done with and my immediate younger brother are done with the university. We are practically out of the house. But two of them are still with my parents mm. and everything. And so she's like the first born now. So so being a first born not necessarily being the first offspring that came out of the So by the time you look at some gaps in family, sometimes your older siblings, your older siblings are very far away from you and you are like the eldest amongst the younger generation of siblings and everything. Okay, I'm a first born then. So that's actually why I'm bringing it up you. If you yeah, I just realized I'm a firstborn. <laughs> Thank you so much. If you even check many of the things I'm saying, it might actually pertain to you and your life and how you are brought up. Yeah. Yeah, true. All right, so we just got a wonderful insight. So um, there's a difference between first child and firstborn. Not that there's a difference between first child and firstborn. First child and a firstborn is not necessarily a first child. Yeah, this podcast was actually focused on firstborns, and I did not even look at it in that direction. I was just looking at first child, and our guest here has been able to explain that you might not be the first child, but you can actually be the firstborn. In that, you might be the firstborn of your gender, maybe the first son or the first daughter, even if you came in third or fourth or the firstborn of your generation depending on the gap between you and your elder yeah. ones so that, that that was really insightful that was really really insightful thank you so much for that so um i would ask you shortly if you could change things would you change being the firstborn because you are firstborn and first child so if you could change things would you change that no, about I you i don't actually i don't know i actually don't i don't know what it's like 
being a middleborn or a lastborn. I only know what it's like being a firstborn, and I think I'm I'm able. To... I, I think I have an idea. Being a middleborn, you really, really cannot eat more than two meats. But the firstborn can still challenge the parents' mm-hmm. mind. <laughs> well, being a firstborn, sometimes you get to hear leave the meat for your younger brother now. Yeah, did you hear that? I said being a firstborn, sometimes you get to hear leave the meat for your younger brother now. Oh, really? <laughs> But, but there are actually privileges of being a firstborn. There are privileges of being a firstborn that your younger ones just look up to. Like there are times they are like you have they are coffee for the other people, but your own coffee at a point begins to change, and then you're now the one that really starts giving the younger ones <laughs> coffee. So they are privileges. Yeah, they are privileges. <laughs> All right, last. Um, Thing I would ask you um, first to round this session off is what do you have for our listeners especially the firstborn and first children out there what do you have to say to them just give us a word of word of wisdom wisdom don't leave us don't leave <laughs> us I think I've, given, I've given a couple of advice and other stuff already before but just to read just, just to read okay. to read uh, being a firstborn does not necessarily mean mm. that it's all bad. It, it doesn't have, it doesn't actually. Yeah. So the major thing is you have to is how you actually perceive the whole thing. So I I I tend to understand. I understand the pressure that can be on us a whole lot. So I, I remember one. I remember once mm. I got I got a job. I got my first job actually. And my mom was like, my mom mm. was like. Your first salary is supposed to go to your father. And I was shocked. Like, I was really shocked. Like, until now, I'm still shocked. I did not understand. I did not understand why my first salary was supposed to go to my father. I, I was till now, I'm still shocked. When I really think about it, I'm still shocked. Because it has, already, it, has, it has always been in my culture to say, once I get a new job, my first salary actually. Mm, it's been a personal thing for me. I uh, always, when I get a new job, I've always used it for my family. So remember once, I, okay, the new job I got when my wife was asking for my full salary, I actually bought my father a pair of shoes that were pretty expensive. I think the, the shoes cost almost half of my mm. salary that time. So they were pretty expensive. I, I was really wondering oh, wow. what else she was expecting my first salary to go into. And the very annoying thing is that mothers can even be more demanding than fathers. So my father does not even say anything like that, and then my mom comes to say such. So, <laughs> so fathers. Um, uh, it's not all bad actually. So you have to be able to know how, how you respond to things. Yeah. So you get to understand. You get to understand that the demands of yeah. you are just what what's always going to be so i know i know a, i know a friend that is a firstborn mm-hmm. son and his his sister was kidnapped by his mm. men and it was it was really mad for him because it was like he had he had he had to raise six million naira to to get a ransom for to, as a ransom for his sister and not just did he did he raise the money he had mm. to be the one to carry it in cash and go into a forest 
give it to the head man to pick out his sister. Wow. And I remember having that I remember having that discussion with him. He was wow. like, who else was going to do that? He could not say his parents there. And <laughs> even the sister's the sister's boyfriend or fiance then could not even could not even do that. So 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 I know how yeah. could be and the certain sacrifices that could be made. It's, it's just like you have been a scapegoat for life for many things. So but but the truth is just how how you think how you perceive the whole thing and how you respond to it. So yeah. You respond to it. All right. Yeah, thank you so much, Mr. Diary. So one of the key things I've gotten that you you, you keep reiterating is um, something that I feel actually affects our lives generally. I think it's something that we can apply to every area of our life. It's not necessarily about what is thrown at you. It is about how you react. So um, being a firstborn is not a death sentence. Yes, there are a lot of expectations and sacrifices, but the fact remains that they would always be there so it's left for you to keep sulking and being like oh now the world is coming to an end because i have expectations or to get up do what you have to do and see the see the privileges see the good benefits because the truth is i think firstborns are are um, like you said they are first beneficiaries of both bad and good so you're probably the person that will eat the food first. I don't know about that one, but of course you you said eating your mother's food before others came to die in the world now. So so um they are actually privileged to be the firstborn, and one of the privileges is that it teaches you early enough how to lead, it teaches you how to serve, it teaches you how to think of others beyond yourself. I think usually um first but not all firstborns but usually firstborns are actually more caring more considerate more tolerant more intentional with friendships and relationships because they have younger people and it's something that they just have to learn by default because they have younger ones after them they have their parents looking up to them sometimes their parents could be so busy and they are like oh I get picky with the other children. She's getting sick of them. So, by default, they just have to learn these things. And to all the firstborn out there, you are doing just amazing. Keep, keep doing you. Keep doing better. Keep loving. Keep pouring yourself out to your younger mm-hmm. ones and your mm-hmm. family. And trust me, you will reap what you do. You have something to say? Not much. Just thank you for having me. Actually, I enjoyed this. All right. I said thank Pardon? you for having me. I enjoyed this. Oh, thank you so much for joining us over phone. Thank you so much, Mr. Dari, for joining us. Happy birthday to you once again. So, Mr. Dari is actually a TTT community <laughs> member, and um, thank you so much for staying up with us. Thanks to everyone that is listening to this podcast. Now you know what we put into recording this podcast for you. So please share this to your friends. Share this to the firstborn in your family if you're not the firstborn. <laughs> share this to everyone you know. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Thanks to my community members. It's been an amazing ride with everyone so far. Um we celebrated our second year anniversary last week. Um, the episode before this has 
the questions and answers you might have about statistics. So thank you all once again for listening to True Talk with Tina. I remain Celestina, your host, until I come your way again. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.